Welcome back to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCurry, your host, and today I'm being joined by Bob Bunn. Bob was with us the first week of this quarter when we were looking at the first session of Philippians. Here we are at the end of our study of Philippians, and he's going to be joining us again today. So, Bob, thank you for being with us. I'm glad you're here today. It's good to be here, Dwayne. Thank you. Here we are. We're looking at session six. We're looking at Philippians 4, 10 through 20. The main idea here is that believers find joyous contentment in God's eternal presence. We have three main points, and the outline follows these titles, in all situations, through other believers, and for his glory. First of all, in that title, in all situations, we're looking at chapter 4, verses 10 through 14. In these verses, Paul expressed his joy and commendation of the Philippian believers' care for him expressed through a previous gift and the sending of Epaphroditus. Paul explained that he had learned to be content regardless of his economic situation, knowing that Christ would supply the strength that's needed. The main point for us is that Christ provides contentment in all circumstances. The second point in our outline is through other believers, and that deals with verses 15 through 18. Paul reminded the Philippian believers of their gifts to him in the past and acknowledged the gift delivered by Epaphroditus. He characterized their provision as an offering that pleased God. The main thing here is for us to remember that Christ sometimes provides for a believer's needs through other faithful believers. The last section, verses 19 and 20, in our outline, we've entitled that for his glory. In these verses, Paul anticipated God blessing the Philippian believers in return for their generous gift. He declared that God would provide from the riches of his glory, and he reminds them of the ultimate purpose of life as bringing glory to God. For us, the point is that bringing glory to God is the believer's ultimate life purpose. Bob, one of the verses that's included in this passage is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, it's probably one of the most uh, quoted and misquoted verses in Philippians. How can we protect against misusing and abusing that passage, Philippians 4.13? I know it's going to be talked about in our groups when mm -hmm. we're at this passage. Right. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, I don't know if the issue is necessarily misquoted as, as much as it's misapplied. That's there's yeah. a little bit of a distinction there. We yeah. pretty much know what it says. We just don't oh, know yeah. what it means. And that's and we don't know how to live it out correctly. And so that's something we got to wrestle with. But you're right. It is uh, it is probably uh, one of the one of the more popular uh, verses. It's on coffee mugs and T-shirts and posters and goodness knows what else. But it's everywhere. We just so we really need to know what it means. One of the basic principles of understanding scripture and interpreting scripture is context. And anytime that there's a danger of abuse or misuse, it's always best to go back to context and find out what Paul was actually trying to say. And then when you figure out what Paul was trying to say, how does that apply to where we live now in the 21st century? So when we, even for this verse, that's probably a good place to start. Uh, I love there's a quote in uh, the leader guide on page 66 about this, where it says that uh, um, 
that verse 13 is a marvelous verse that many of us have committed to memory. However, we must understand it within its context. Uh, all things, as Paul used it, all things are not necessarily everything that I might think or wish or to accomplish. To read the verse as a name it, claim it testimony is, a, is to force it to cover a far broader spectrum than that than Paul intended for it to be used. So all things, when we think about all things, uh, I can do all things, you know, there's, a, there's some boundaries, there's some limits there. And context helps us understand what those limits are. Well, you mentioned it, contentment. Um, chapter four is full of contentment. Even the, even the references to joy that we see in chapter four are tied to contentment. Um, and so contentment is being able to trust God in every situation, be able to rely on him in every situation, uh, to be at peace with him in every situation, to know that he's in control of every situation. That gives us contentment. And contentment allows us to be obedient even when things don't make sense. And I think that's really what Paul's talking about. Paul says in this passage, you know, I've been in situations where I've had a whole lot. I've been in situations where I haven't had much at all. And each time I believe that God is just as faithful as any other time. And so I will continue to move forward and do what he says I need to be doing to obey him fully because I'm trusting him. I'm content in him. And when I do that, I know that he will give me the strength to do whatever he calls me to do. If you read the whole Greek context, um, I have strength in the one who strengthens me. In other words, God empowers me to do what God wants me to do. <laughs> and so everything that I need to do, everything he wants me to do, that's what he gives me the strength to do. It's, you know, I'd love to be able to run a marathon right now, but I can't. There's no way, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you're a biker. So you can, you, 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 you can probably do better than me, but you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm even in my best days, uh, I, I, I bike so I don't have to run a marathon. Well, that's true. So you know, you know, I, I can claim Philippians four thirteen all I want, but that that marathon is not happening anytime soon. So it's not this. It's not the things that I want to do. It's the things that God empowers me to do. Now, if it comes to God bringing someone along my path to share the gospel with, to start a conversation about Jesus with, I can do that because that's something that He's commanded me to do. It's something that is moving me to do. If he wants me to say a kind word to a friend or write a letter to someone who's hurting or to say a prayer for somebody, um, I always try to, we, we talked about prayer in the, uh, the lesson that we, that you and I shared earlier in, in the first lesson, we talked about prayer. One of the things I try to do is when somebody asks me to pray for them, I pray for them right then <laughs> because yeah. I don't want to let it slide. Yeah. Um, but, you know, those are the kind of things that even in uncomfortable situations or awkward situations, things that you don't necessarily think you can do. He will empower you to do those things because those things are for his glory. One of the things you mentioned just then was that we can trust God even when we don't understand things. And we have an example of that here in Philippians where Paul early uh, in chapter two, it is, chapter one, excuse me, would have been in our second session. Uh, he, he, he tells about these people who are preaching the gospel um, for selfish ambition, trying to make it harder on Paul. Um, I'm sure that he was a little befuddled by a motive like that. You know, why, why are you all that concerned about me? Why? But at the other side of it, he was excited that it wasn't that they were preaching false doctrine. They were preaching the gospel. Mm -hmm. So I'm okay with that. I'll just trust God. I'm not going to worry about your motives. As long as the gospel is being presented, as long as God's being honored uh, in the long run, I'm okay with that. So you, you see that example of him being 
you know, this idea, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he understood what God's purpose was at that point. And he was okay. Even if they, they weren't, mm -hmm. um, he was okay with that. So I see that as an illustration we might point to when we're teaching about Philippians 4.13. Sure. Um, Paul notes giving and receiving in this passage. How do both of those things lead to contentment? When I think about that question, I, my mind naturally goes to uh, uh, something that Paul said in a different letter. Um, you know, it's better to give than to receive. And we hear that verse a lot. And we throw it out. And when we say that, it's almost as if receiving's bad, <laughs> you know, that you, <laughs> that, you, that you should always be a giver, but you never, well, if you're, nobody ever receives, how can you give? And so it's got, there's got to be a balance there. And I think what Paul's saying here is that both of them uh, can help you. Both of them can help you mature. Both of them can help you grow in your faith if you approach them the right way. Uh, you know, he, he, he praised the Philippians in this passage for giving. And he said, he said, now, you know, I'm trusting God completely to supply all my needs. So, you know, it's not like I'm begging you for this stuff, but I, I appreciate the thought. And I really think God's going to bless you because you were a giver. And so, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to go so far to the extreme that we say that there's no point in giving because it is, but receiving is also a blessing as well. So, um, you know, that's, 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 that's sort of one of the things I think about. Uh, another thing about this passage is that, we go back to this idea of contentment. What does contentment mean? We just talked about that a minute ago. Contentment as this idea of sufficiency, that, that God is going to supply everything. Uh, the way I think of it, I sometimes work with teenagers, and I, and I tell them sometimes sufficiency is sort of like Goldilocks. You know, it's, it's not too much and it's not too little. It's just right. And, so, and God is always just right. He'll never give you less than you need. He'll never give you more than you need. He will always give you exactly what you need. And so that, that provides contentment. And so, you know, this was, this was a, a, a radical, unique idea to Paul in Paul's world. In the first century, people had all kinds of ideas about what it meant to, to depend on somebody, to give and to receive. For example, the Stoics, uh, which were a major philosophical group, philosophical group in that time, they were, they were, they were focused on self-reliance, self-dependence. If they had worn boots in those days, they would have pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps. Um, Paul, on the other hand, is not talking about self-reliance. He's talking about God-reliance. And so he's, he's focusing not on the boots themselves, but on the provider of the boots, if you want to think of it that way. And so we have this idea that um, what Paul was saying, it would have been completely different. It would have been a complete paradigm shift from what so many people would have understood about giving and receiving in that time. But here's the thing. And, and this is this is something I've wrestled with, something I've struggled with as I've thought about giving and receiving over the years. One, both of them, as we said, both of them uh, help us draw closer to God, help us mature. Giving does it because it allows us to remember that God owns it all. God is the provider. We don't own anything. And so that makes it easier for us to give <laughs> because you know, we can, we can take what he has given us and say, oh, this is God's, but God wants me to take this and provide it for you. And I'm okay with doing that because he's the owner. I'm not, I'm just the steward. I'm the one who takes care of his property. I'm his property manager, if you want to think of it that way. And so, you know, giving allows us to do that. Having that, having that freedom to be the, the vessel that God uses to move things through. 
Receiving, on the other hand, allows us to experience dependence and gratitude. So we have to depend on God. We have to trust him to provide for our needs. We have to, we have to look to him and say, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe you're going to make it happen. And, and this is a real struggle sometimes. I know it's a struggle in my life because I always have schemes. I have plans. I, you know, I, I want to have things figured out. And I know, God, you could, sometimes my prayers sound like this. God, you could really provide if you would do this. <laughs> you know, you have but, a checklist ready for. Yes, exactly. And what I really need to be saying is, God, this is an option. I realize that, but I'm not going to paint you into a corner. You do it the way you want to do it. And a lot of times God will do it in ways I never would have imagined, but the need still gets met. So there's a dependence there, but there's also this gratitude that it gives us the opportunity to say, thank you. You know, I cannot believe how gracious you've been. I cannot believe how good you have been. And you're like that over and over and over and over again for me. And so it, it stirs up this spirit of gratitude, which really is appealing to the world around us. Uh, selfish people don't, you know, the old saying is that you, know, that you get more flies with, with honey than vinegar. You get more people, you get, you draw people closer to Jesus through gratitude than you do selfishness. And so, you know, gratitude if you want to use one of a phrase that Paul used in other places, it makes you smell better spiritually. It makes you attractive. Um, makes you honey. The idea is that it makes you more appealing to the world. It makes your the reality of your faith more appealing to the world. So that's always something that, that's always something to think about. Um, and plus, it, it creates a cycle. Um, to, the more the more content you get, the more the more the more content you content you become the more likely you are to give and receive. And that leads back toward more contentment. And so it's this, it's this spiritual cycle where we're just growing and growing and God's continually working on us and transforming us and taking us into deeper, le deeper levels with him along the way. Uh, here's a question for us to think about on along those same lines. How do we safeguard against us choosing to give so that we get honor as opposed to it being an expression of thankfulness or as an act of honor to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of us, we, we pull our shoulders out of joint trying to pat ourselves on the back uh, sometimes. And so we've got to be very careful. Or, or we get disappointed. If, yes, if yeah, we, or yeah. we get offended if somebody doesn't yeah. acknowledge us. Uh, and really that, that raises the question, why were you giving in the first place? This is sort of at the heart of what you're asking. I think it, it helps us to always go back to motivation we need to take a step back, even maybe even before we make the gift, take a step back and say, okay, why am I actually doing this? Am I doing it out of love for the person? Am I doing it to bring glory to God? Or am I doing it because I kind of need the emotional support? <laughs> I need to, I need to feel good about myself. I need other people to feel good about me. Um, I think when we, when we catch ourselves, if we're honest, a lot of times the impure motives come from two different things. One is we're insecure. We don't believe there's, there's, we think there's no way that people could ever love us for who we are, that we'll never, we're never actually good enough. So because of the insecurity, we feel like we have to compensate by giving and getting that, that positive feedback. We say the nice thing on Facebook so that we get all the likes and get the comments, uh, you know, to, to put into a 21st century uh, image there. So sometimes we feel insecure. The other is we, it's legalism. Uh, it's an obligation. 
we think we're having to earn something from God. And of course, both of these, insecurity and legalism, are completely contrary to what God says in his word about salvation and about our relationship with him. He loves us completely. He, lo he can't love us more than he already does. There's nothing we could even do to earn it if we wanted to. And so we have to we have to take a step back and say, okay, what is my motivation? Am I doing it for love? Am I doing it uh, out of obedience? Am I doing it for God's glory? If I'm not, I probably don't need to be doing it. You know, but both of the things you just mentioned, the insecurity and legalism, are addressed earlier in Philippians. Exactly. Uh, yes. Our security is found in Christ, uh, in faith uh, through faith relationship with Him. And this legalism issue, salvation comes through faith alone, not by doing this, doing that, or through these practices. So um, it, it seems like a fitting end mm -hmm. conclusion to what Paul has already said earlier in Philippians. Yeah. And here's a great question to filter this question, this ultimate concept through. Is this gift an offering or is it an obligation? Mm. And if it's an offering, go for it. If it's an obligation, take a step back. And, and figure out why it feels that way and what you need to do to correct it personally. Any other key thoughts or ideas that you would point to from Philippians 4, 10 through 20? Well, Philippians, you know, we're closing it up. And um, it's one of those books that it's a great book that a lot of people would probably tell you it's their favorite book of the Bible. It's also a very personal book and also steps on a lot of toes. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of application meat there for you to kind of walk through. And, and I hope that our our leaders and their the folks in their classes are able to, to really embrace some of that stuff and move forward and let God transform them. One way to review it would be using the key words uh, pack item, item three, because then you have those things of joy, rejoice, prayer, love, trust, excuse me, uh, true Christ, faith, and concern that are listed on that pack item. Go ahead and point to those things at the end of the, the lesson. Say, hey, how did we see these things in Philippians? Y'all look for these in Colossians, y'all look for these in Philemon, but uh, as we move forward, but in Philippians, where did you see these things? And it'd be a good way to kind of summarize the study. One of the things that I found helpful is the music option that's available for us uh, in the leader guide. And it directs us to using the, the, the hymn, I Am Satisfied with Jesus by B.B. McKinney as our closing activity. That hymn basically tells us that I am satisfied with Jesus. These are the words of it. I'm satisfied with Jesus. He has done so much for me. He has suffered to redeem me. He has died on Calvary. So that reminds us of that contentment that, that we saw in 413. Is we can be content because we're satisfied with Jesus and Jesus alone. The core, excuse me, of, the, of this, this hymn is I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied, I'm satisfied with Jesus. But the question comes to me as I think of Calvary, is my master satisfied with me? Uh, that carries the whole idea of what Philippians is talking about here. You, is, you can be satisfied with Jesus, but the question is, is he satisfied with you? Um, it's not about is he satisfied with you as a believer, because he is satisfied with you. He died on the cross for you. But does your life live up to the standards of representing him in this world? in a way that honors and glorifies him. Bob, thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you being with us. Before we go, let me remind our listeners about Extra. We identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. The file is free, 
and it works with the group plans in the adult leader guide and the leader helps in the adult daily discipleship guide. You can find these ideas on the Explore the Bible website by typing the following in your web browser. Go explorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. There's no spaces, no underlines. It's just go explorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. Thank you for listening to us today. And we hope you'll encourage other teachers to tune in next week. We'll be looking at session seven. It'll be our first session out of the book of Colossians. Mike Livingston will be joining us. And we'll be looking at the idea that the power of the gospel frees us from sin and Satan's control.